0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Three Rings podcast. My name is Neil Sinha, I'm joined alongside with Manai Sarup and Aiden Malkron. Um, We have a great episode coming up for you guys today. It should be a little bit shorter than usual. Um, but yeah, so I guess first I'll say, by the way, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter um, at the Three Rings podcast. We've been trying to build those socials up, so... Make sure to follow us there, comment, you know, like the posts, everything. Um, Let us know maybe, you know, what we could work on or what topics you want to see covered. So um, we're always down for some fan input. But, yeah, so to get it started today, um, we're going to first cover the Pistons a little bit and what's been going on recently and then switch over to the NBA. But to get it started, the Pistons, they've lost eight straight games, guys. They now have the worst record in the NBA because the Houston Rockets, without Jalen Green, of course, have won um, four straight games. So the Pistons are dead last in the NBA. They've lost eight straight games. Why, you know, why have they been struggling so much?
1: I mean, you first have to look at Kelly Olynyk going out with the injury. You know, while watching him play, you may not think he has that much of an impact, but the Pistons really have struggled. Because they don't have a, they don't have a center. You're seeing this is kind of a flaw, you could say, in Troy Weaver's roster construction that they didn't really address as much, getting a get an athletic center, getting a center who can you know get rebounds and stuff. And we're seeing this happen a lot now, where the Pistons struggle to get the rebound. And I wouldn't say it's all Isaiah Stewart's fault or Trey. L- I just I feel like the personnel in there, they're just not built to get rebounds. You could you could go and criticize Trey Lyles, although he's he's been rebounding okay but you could criticize these players or you could criticize Luca Garza but like these players aren't they're not jumping they're not like athletically gifted and I think that's something the Pistons definitely need to address at least if not this season definitely during the offseason but the Pistons have been kind of lacking physicality down low and you're you're starting to see that and um, we'll get into some other stuff about some certain players who've been struggling but um, that's where that's where I'm at for now (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear cut that the offense is struggling. They don't really, yeah, they they don't really take that as many shots. They have a lot of turnovers. They're, I think they're last. And if they're not last, they're second to last in points, Um, which means that there's fewer assists. Um, They're getting out-rebounded like crazy. Um, defensively, I don't know. Like, there's not really much you could say about them defensively that's bad. I think they've been playing well. Um, it's just the offense is a problem, and they they do have some fight in them. You saw against the Suns, Kate played well, Jeremy played well, like Killian. Um, they they've all played well in recent games, but. They're still – I mean, they're still a young team, and they're still – you know, they're not one piece away. They're probably, like, three to four pieces away. Um, And that that doesn't necessarily mean they need all-star caliber players uh, for those pieces. They'll probably need at least one of them, but, like, two more, you know, role players, probably one of them, preferably a starter – um, preferably a big man, too. So I, I think they just, you know, it, it's a rebuilding team again. So that's kind of just the issue. Yeah,
0: for sure. I think, like you said, the offense has just been horrendous so far. Um, I mean, they're dead last still in field goal percentage. Um, like you said, they're second to last in points per game. And so the offense is just awful. And in my opinion, I think the ball just sticks too much. Like, it feels like they don't really run a lot of plays, or maybe even when they do, they kind of have to abort those halfway through and then just go ISO because I swear the amount of times I've seen Jeremy Grant just going full ISO and just trying to face up a guy um, in the corner is just ridiculous. And to be fair to Jeremy Grant, he's been playing pretty well, in my opinion, recently but that's not going to win you basketball games, you know, just going with ISOs and stuff. And they've done that a little bit with Kate Cunningham too. Um, but I just, I think the ball needs to move much more. Like I think it's sticking way too much. And I think frankly, that that goes on the shoulders of Dwayne Casey. I think he has to do a better job with the offense right now. Um, you know, whether that's implementing more plays, um, I don't know, or maybe having more, um off ball screens and so on. I mean, one thing that I was going to talk about is that I think they need way more pick and rolls. I mean, I don't know what happened with the Pistons this year, but they just do not run the pick and roll a lot. And that's something that really shocked me because that's Isaiah Stewart's whole offensive game is literally pick and rolls. And so if they're not running that, Isaiah Stewart's not doing anything offensively other than trying to get offensive rebounds. So I think they need to implement that more also when you consider by the way that Killian is a fantastic pick and roll handler and Cade Cunningham was rated as one of the top pick and roll players um, in the country coming out of college last year. So I'm shocked that they just don't use that nearly as much as they did even last year. And then like you said, Van I, they need Kelly Olynyk back. I mean, that's a killer because his ability to just spread the floor um, and you know, but I think in general, when you spread the floor and you create a sort of spacing in which Kelly Olenek's open for three and the teams have to press up and guard that, it allows Olynyk to then find an extra pass to someone else who's more open. And so the spacing hasn't really been there. The shooting for sure hasn't been there. And Kelly Olynyk helps with both of those things. And so the Pistons need him back and and I don't know how long it's been since he's, he was out. I know his injury timeline was like six to eight weeks, I think. So he should be, uh, you know, maybe halfway through that. But, yeah, they need him back, man. That, that's been a killer. Um, but, yeah, so the next question I was going to ask, though, is, and it kind of correlates to what you guys already mentioned, but are there any, like, specific adjustments that Dwayne Casey needs to make to figure out the offense and what's been going on?
1: I think like you mentioned in the beginning, but like you mentioned that um it's a lot of ISO. There's a lot of ISO ball and particularly in Jeremy Grant's hands. And, you know, he was good. He was good last year and he's been solid this year, but I think the amount of ISOs he's gone this year has been, I think it's been larger than the amount last year. And the problem with that is Grant's going to go off for games because there are going to be, because he has a, better score he can score like for example against the Suns he went off for 34 points with Lakers I think he had 32 but with that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs you know because he's also kind of adjusting to having this much you know usage so then you're going to have games where he's going to have like 13 points like the Trailblazers game and it's kind of unfortunate because the Pistons kind of will go where Jeremy Grant kind of takes them and I think the yeah like he's the ISOs they kind of just need to they kind of need to stop I think people kind of have I know coaches, like, they like to give the green light, and I think um, think Jeremy Grant does definitely deserves the green light. I think Isaiah Stewart needs to get more of a green light. I do think part of the reason why we aren't seeing him utilizing the offense is mainly the coaching. I think, we like, I see Isaiah Stewart has the room to shoot, but it's obviously, like, something that they want him to just play more down low, back to the basket, like a traditional center. But we all saw last year part of his game was he has the shot in him. And whether that's in the mid-range, we saw like one shot, I think, against the Suns, he he hit a mid-range shot. And that's part of his game. It feels like they're just trying to get him just down the basket and get rebounds. So that's very frustrating. And I also think they should maybe be a little less lenient on Sadiq Bay's shot selection. I think – I so I understand the argument that, you know, he's expanding his game. You know, this is part that's going to be, you know – lot of low points you know but it's all part of the process but you haven't really seen I know he's like in a slump but like you haven't really seen like as much growth as you would want to see it's been I know it's still early in the season and a lot can change but I think maybe it could be better if Sadiq could just they could find a way to whether that's putting him on the bench I don't know how that would like you know affect confidence stuff but a way so he can just get more just straight you know like last year Sadiq Bey you know just wide open threes and just more just open shots in general. I think I think the mid-range, and you know, it's it's cool that he's like trying the mid-range and trying to go to lane, but it's been obvious so far that's not his game right now. And I think I think maybe incorporating better Dwayne Casey did I know he, he deserves a lot of blame for the offense, and I think that's justified. But one thing he did really good last year was he brought on both Stewart and Bay slowly throughout the year, and he gave him limited flashes, and both of those players excelled. I think they maybe Sadiq Bey could benefit from something like that maybe maybe lowering his minutes so he has more limited flash more you know something to just you know motivate him to you know just be better overall I don't know how you guys how you guys would go about Sadiq Bey I've seen stuff about sending him to the G League I think that would (laughs) that would hinder his confidence and I don't think that's a smart decision I know the the reddit people love to be uh you know the head coach but like I don't think sending him to the G League would be the best idea but Something's probably gotta change. What do you what do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, I mean Sadiq Bay, I mean people call there's a term people call it sophomore slump, where you know he has a really good second year and then or first year and then second year, you know, some people their teams and stuff figure out what he what he is or some or coaches try to create him to be something that he isn't. And I think it is a little bit of both. Um, he's just not been good shooting. He can't find it anything to fall. And I think going back to the original question of ju- adjustments that D- Dwayne Casey needs to to get figured out, I think is finding finding a more um, like a better role for him cuz i think i think the role that they they gave him going into the season may have been a little too large for him uh as we can see now so i think i don't know it's it's hard to tell right now especially just the fact that like it's again like it's a rebuild so like it the it doesn't really affect us now but if this becomes like a constant thing he just has like a case of being josh jackson like if you just hang around josh jackson too much you're just gonna suck like him (laughs) no i'm joking not actually but like he just like his shooting has been bad and like you know we saw we the first week against the Bulls when they play the Bulls and I forgot who else they played. But but he was having like he had like a multiple 20-point games and had some double doubles and stuff. Yeah. And he's just kind of been real quiet since. So I think finding a better role for him, I think coming off the bench would probably be the best idea. Um but other things that, that they can do is just finding finding what works best for that second unit. Because when that second unit comes on the floor and, like, with, like, whatever, five minutes left in the first quarter and, Corey, like, Corey Joseph and Trey Lyles both look at each other and, like, it's, it's my time to shine. And they just, like, do dumb shit. And it's so annoying. And Trey Lyles takes bad shots. And then when he takes an open shot, he misses it. And just he gets out-rebounded. Like, he just doesn't really look like he's playing – I mean, like, he looks like he's playing hard, but he just gets – I don't know if he gets outsmarted, like, defensively. But defensively, he's a liability. And then Corey Joseph just tries to play too much hero ball and takes seven dribbles too many each possession. And sometimes when he's on the floor with Cade, he won't even pass to Cade and like, like three possessions in a row. And he just, like, it's just Trey Lyles and Corey Joseph time. So I just think that second unit needs to find um, an offense that works for them because obviously you can change the offense up when you have, you know, three or four different guys on the floor. So I think that I think that's the biggest adjustment. And then for rebounding, there's not really much you can do for rebounding besides get a big man because – as good as as much as we praise Isaiah Stewart and how good he is, he's six eight. You can't change what he's doing. There's no real like technique or you know coaching adjustment um to change for the rebounding, then just grow three more inches and have like a half a foot longer wingspan. So yeah, that, that's kinda for that. That's all I gotta say.
0: Yeah, I think first and foremost, like the personnel that Dwayne Casey's working with is a little bit difficult, just because I don't think the, you know, the Pistons as currently constructed. I'm not sure that the players that they have really mesh too well together. I mean, we've always talked about Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, though I will say I think those two have been the chemistry between those two has honestly been getting a lot better um, and definitely a lot better than I expected by this time of the season. So that's, you know, a good thing for Detroit. But again, I just, I go back to the point about the isolations because the Pistons are in almost in the top 10 in terms of frequency of ISOs. And yet they're third to last in efficiency and field goal percentage in ISOs. And so it's like they run it a lot, but it's not getting, it's not paying off. You know what I mean? And so I, I just think maybe Dwayne Casey needs to come up with, a lot of go-to plays, um, though. Again, I know the NBA is a lot of just freelancing kind of, and it's almost like pickup basketball in the term, in the sense that, you know, the coaches aren't calling plays uh, like you would obviously in sports like football or even in college basketball where they call a lot of plays on the court. But I think Dwayne Casey needs to do something just to spur the offense more and maybe get them going early on in the game so that they can carry that momentum because. Man, it has been bad, like really, really bad. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I other than that, honestly, I'm not really sure how else they um figure it out because I think, as we've said many, many times, um, the Pistons lack so much shooting. And so maybe you honestly go out and try to make a trade because, as currently constructed, I'm not sure they really have the shooters. I know that's something that we've talked about a lot and. The shooters that they supposedly did have in like Sadiq Bay have been absolutely awful. I mean, Sadiq Bay shooting like 28% from three right now. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think, like I said, what I would do if I was doing Casey is try to come up with go to plays and maybe try to script the game a little bit early on. Um, and then honestly, maybe if you're Troy Weaver, you just try to go out and find a trade for maybe yeah, I think, a type of guy that it would be worthwhile going after it would be a young player that is solely at shooting, someone like Duncan Robinson, um, back when, you know, back three years ago when he was just in like his second year in the NBA or whatever. Um, just so that they can get that, keep that youth, but you know, get the shooting that they really need. So it'll be interesting. Hopefully they figure it out because it is tough to watch. And I think that's been the offense, has for sure been the biggest reason that they've lost eight straight games now um which is just really really bad and so i know we've already kind of touched on this guys but what in the world happened to sadiq bay i mean you know he he averaged 12 13 points last year and he was named to the all nb or all rookie first team and he had such a great future ahead of him but he is like like you said aiden He's completely in a sophomore slump right now, averaging nine points in the last eight games, which, of course, is the eight straight losses that they have. So what has happened to him? And at this point, do you think Dwayne Casey should just give him less playing time? Again, I know we already kind of touched on this, but I'm just curious. I think,
1: uh, I think yeah, like I was saying, I think it's an interesting solution would be, and this kind of also gets into, like, adjustments they could make is um, potentially giving Hamadou Diallo some starting time like maybe putting him in the starting lineup I think Diallo has been the only player who I've I've watched and I thought Frank Jackson's also been pretty decent as of recent but um, I think Diallo's a player who I've watched and I think he has an argument to be in the starting lineup the Pistons the Pistons in general have been a lot better on the floor with Diallo when Diallo's there, and I think it's just kind of motivating for him, because, you know, he wasn't even getting playing time, I think him and Josh Jackson are doing this rotation thing, where one doesn't play, and the one does, so I think maybe, maybe substituting um Bay for Diallo, and then putting maybe Bay could come off as the sixth man off the bench, or something, or I would say with Sadiq Bay, maybe they could, they could give Sadiq's Bay to Sadiq Bay's role, like, like Aiden mentioned, like, how he has a bigger role, maybe giving that to a player, like, Killian Hayes or or like the or someone you know who can like handle that scoring load because the Pistons forwards are losing them the are just losing them the games that's that's honestly I know we talked about the offense but it's really been the lack of productions from Grant from Grant when Grant is not doing good it's always Grant and Bay in combination that kind of determine whether the Pistons are going to win a game or not so for example in the Portland game both of those players were completely off the Pistons are just uh they lose the game it's it's kind of easy to predict cuz you know K Cunningham can only do so much i mean he had 26 points you would think you would think it would contribute to a win but they're really relying on these on their on their big and their wings so i don't know i think the pistons really should they should consider they should definitely consider a way to get Diallo in the lineup cuz if you guys see like plus minus and you've been looking throughout the games and just watching them like they're a lot more athletic, which is one that was one another drawback with the team Troy Weaver built, that they're not athletic enough. Diallo provides athleticism. He plays good defense. He obviously can't shoot the ball. He can't really shoot the ball as much. But I do think Diallo kind of beats Bay in terms of, I wouldn't say all around offensive game, but if what Bay's doing is just driving to the basket and shooting, making like just taking layups. I don't know when's the last time I saw Sadiq Bay make a layup. It's felt like so long. He, he loves to, he loves to miss those uh, layups <laughs> wide open or not, but Diallo, that's something Diallo can definitely do. Diallo is really good at finishing. He may not be the best shooter, but he's good enough to drive to the rim and finish. So I think that's definitely something the Pistons should just consider consider looking at because out of the three uh, Josh Jackson Frank Jackson Diallo I think he's been the best I've always said Diallo has a lot of potential that it just needs to be kind of unlocked it's really just the jump shot for him so yeah I would I would look at Diallo I would I would try to get him in the starting lineup
2: yeah I think for how well he's played recently I think you put him in the starting lineup um honestly you could you could go you they they've done this before where they've gone uh Frank Jackson, Cade and Killian all at the same time. So I mean like you could try that and like offensively, Frank Jackson. Um Frank Jackson's been a good three point shooter lately. So you could you could do that and then defensively you could have Cade guard the three and then or Killian, honestly, because Killian's probably your best defender so I mean yeah it 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 doesn't really I don't know it's hard it's hard to tell and they they just gotta figure it out and whatever they do stick with it because I think either way they're gonna just lose these games so so they just gotta they just gotta figure out what's wrong with Sadiq assess it and then make sure that, like, he won't be doing this shit next year or the year
0: after. For sure. Yeah, and I I mean, I would agree with both of you. I would say that um, probably needs, Sadiq probably needs just a little bit less playing time. Um, And I think Hamadou Diallo would be the right guy to come in and possibly Frank Jackson getting even more playing time too. Um, So now we're going to shift into the NBA section um, of this podcast this episode and so you know granted because we are a Pistons podcast um, we obviously have all our eyes on Cade Cunningham in the rookie of the year race right and so the first question that we have is who is the rookie of the year right now is it Evan Mobley because I know that's he's probably the favorite right now with how he's been playing
1: I think, um, I think Mobley, it kind of has to be, kind of has to be. Him. If, I think we've like, we talked about, we've talked in the past how winning affects the MVP race, but it also affects the rookie of the year race. And I think if your team is, is more in contention, I would say, I think that kind of benefits. So like, for example, LaMelo Ball versus Anthony Edwards last year. Now, obviously LaMelo Ball has the ball of brand and the swag from that, but um there is a dip, like the, the, the timberwolves were not that good they were in the lottery just like the pistons but the hornets you know they made the play in a little bit more exciting to watch and i think that kind of that kind of you know factored in and i think i on i still think there's no regrets taking cade number 1 i think i've seen enough flashes to know that i'm 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 thinking top 5 player like i think he has that kind of potential but you can't deny that mobley hasn't had a good se- good season i mean if, if one was looking at the stats they may not be like entirely impressed but just watching the way Mobley plays and the way he can impact the game just with his defense even just his presence there's plays where I've watched him play and he just he doesn't even block the ball but just his hands up just alters the shot so much and it's the Cavs got a Cavs got a really they got a nice steal so or not a steal but they made they made a good choice staying pat so I think I think Cade has an opportunity though to really really separate himself we saw in the last two if you ask me this before the two games they played um Portland and then the Suns I would say probably Mobley K has been kind of struggling but you can see K's kind of like okay I need to get my stuff together I need to start hitting shots we're seeing the three ball finally is going in a little bit more although I won't lie the shot is kind of inconsistent in terms of where it misses sometimes it'll go like It'll go to sort of, the like I it'll hit the backboard, other times it'll be long, other times it'll be short. You know, it's kind of inconsistent. But Cade has this opportunity now to just take the rookie of the year race and kind of run away with it. I know people will bring Scotty Barnes and um people bring Scotty Barnes, Chris Duarte, and those players have also like overachieved, and I think they're having phenomenal seasons and they um they have great futures ahead, but I just I just struggle to see Barnes or are, despite how well barnes has played i just find it i just i still see it as cunningham versus mobley the the betting the betting line and stuff won't see that but i think coming towards the end it'll be the cunningham versus mobley and hopefully um hopefully he's stringing some more games you know we've seen he had 26 against portland 19 and 5 the turnovers are still a problem he's still turning the ball over but i mean he is he is a 20 year old point guard who who's literally playing his first season in the nba so there's going to be growing pains but um I, I'm I'm still thinking Cunningham for for rookie of the year.
2: Yeah, I think this race um isn't be t- it's between the f- top four picks, and I don't think it's a race of who's the best. I think it's going to be a race of who can stay that who can stay healthy, and we've already seen Cade miss a good chunk of the season, and we've already seen Jalen Green miss a good chunk of or starting to miss some of the season. So I think I think Mobley has it right now just because of the fact that he's staying healthy. And I think Barnes is probably second right now. But it, it it's just a race of who can stay healthy. Cause I do think all four um top draft picks have been playing well. So depending on that. So I think I think Mobley wins it right now, but I do think Cade uh, does have a have an opportunity to get back in a race and potentially win it.
0: So the first thing I'll say is that I think it's extremely early, obviously, um, just because the NBA barely passed the first quarter mark of the season, and so it's very early because if you had asked me this question like two weeks ago, I would have said Jalen Green probably. Um, not even because I think Jalen Green should be rookie of the year, just in terms of the perception that the whole NBA world has had of Jalen Green. But I think that's completely changed by the way, which is a very interesting thing to look at because the I think a lot of people are realizing who Jalen Green is, which is that he's a very inefficient um, shooter And he'll score in bunches, but he'll also miss a lot of shots some games. And, I mean, the Rockets have been way better with him off the court than with him on the court. It's probably the reason why the Rockets have won four straight games, you know, because Jalen Green's been out. Um, And so people are starting to realize that, which has been pretty interesting. I think it shifted the rookie of the year race to Evan Mobley being the favorite because Evan Mobley's just been so consistent all year, man. Uh, I mean – for the first 10 games he was already averaging like 15 and 7 or 15 and 8 he's ramped that up a little bit i he did get hurt for i think he missed like 2 weeks of games um but he managed to come back relatively soon and obviously played his first game in a while like 2 days ago um so i think it's tough to bet against Evan Mobley and the head start that he's kind of had but i do agree with you guys that Cade Cunningham he has everything ahead of him and I think with the way that Cade's been playing recently, which is allowing the game to come to him much more and forcing it a little bit less, um, he's looked a lot more like the rookie of the year. And so I'm going to make the prediction that I think Cade Cunningham does win it. Uh, I agree with you, Vinay, because I just think he has all the playing time, all the opportunities. And I do think he'll stay healthy for the rest of the year. Hopefully that little injury bug that he had at the beginning of the year is over with. So I'm going to go with Cade, but I think Mobley has to be the favorite right now. So this kind of leads into the next question about this rookie class, which is, and it's an awful question, by the way, but you guys have to pick a player, even though you might not want to, just because it's so early, but of the rookie class this year, um, who is the most likely, who's your pick, I guess, to be the bust of this class? And when I say bust, by the way, I mean, like, it can't just be like a guy in the second round. Like I would say probably lottery pick, um, you know, who who do you think is going to be a bust out of the lottery? Yeah. Like you said, it's like,
1: it's such a tough question because you never, I mean, they're, they're rookies right and they haven't even played like a half a season yet. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of premature to say the bust, but I'll go, I'll pick up someone that hasn't really been talked about. And I would, I'm going to say mainly because of the situation that he's currently in. I'm going to say James Booknight out of, uh, from the Hornets. Mans went to UConn. I think, I think the way that the Hornets are kind of, he's been going off. So if you guys don't know, he's been in the G League and he's been going off. He's been at, putting up 27 points, but I just think that already kind of, kind of signals the fact that they don't even view him as someone who can contribute on the roster already, which I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I would, I would think that Jane, like, I would think book night, like he was a person who was rumored to go as high as number six, the thunder were kind of smart and, you know, they, they kind of outsmart everyone taking Josh Giddy, who's been, he has played above expectations, but, but book night, I think like when you start off a player in the G league, he's already 21. Then. I mean, his trajectory is kind of like. Then he's gonna come into the NBA. He's gonna get his minutes, and then in even then, even the minutes he has played, he's like he's like 40th amongst rookies in terms of in terms of efficiency. He's 45th out of rookies in terms of uh if, in this rookie rating from hashtag basketball in terms of like stats and stuff, advanced stats. So it's kind of it's kind of a weird situation, and in Charlotte specifically, because if she, if, he's, if Charlotte's gonna keep him for three to four years, that's co- potential years of his career just getting. I wouldn't say wasted, but I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's kind of like a player, like, like Malik, Ma, or like, he's also from the Hornets, you know, it's just a player who like has a lot of potential, but if the team doesn't give him an opportunity, then the players or Seiko Dumbuya is also someone. And I know Seiko's not like amazing by any means, but you know, if the team doesn't give them the opportunity time is going to pass. And eventually their value just goes down. Even, even if they did have that potential to begin with, I think, I think how you start is actually kind of important for your like psych or whatever. So I would say, I think, I think book Knight, um pick number 11. I think, I don't think he's going to, I think he'll have the similar value to like Malik Monk. He'll, he'll get a second contract, but I think it'll be like a minimum. And I will probably be wrong, but um, you know, that's why we make
2: these predictions. All right. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I would say Josh Primo from the Spurs. He hasn't really played, he hasn't really played that much. And I haven't really checked his G League stats. Um, so I don't even know if he's been playing in the G League, but you really haven't heard anything from him. And I was gonna say Booknight, um, before you stole mine. Um, but I will say like Lamello Ball is a special uh case but the Hornets don't really play their rookies like if you look if you looked at like PJ Washington and Miles Bridges and even like long before that like like guys don't really get that much playing time they kind of they kind of waited a year and just like let them develop and kind of ease their way into the league and then they then they start to give them more minutes the second year so I guess that that's probably why I wouldn't say book night, even though I just said I was going to pick him, but yeah, I don't know. Primo, Primo seems like he hasn't really been doing much. And obviously uh, people said the Spurs took him early because everyone thought that he came out a year too early and that next year. He would have been a lottery pick because um, I do think he is one of the youngest players in this draft class. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of who I am.
0: Okay, so I'll go with um, the number five overall pick, Jalen Suggs. And I know this might sound a little crazy to a lot of people who just look at points as the indicator of how good a player is, which is an awful way of doing that, by the way. But Jalen Suggs, in my opinion, has been beyond disappointing so far for the Magic, and I do think. It's part of you know the situation that he's in with Orlando like you guys were just talking about with um, Book Knight and Charlotte because I think Orlando has such a log jam right now at Point guard and shooting guard with um, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton. Um, I can't think right now, but I swear they have another um, guard that gets quite a bit of minutes too. And so yeah. what do you say?
1: Uh, Gary Harris, too, is also.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's who it was, Gary Harris. Um, and so I just think, like, it's a little tough for Jalen Suggs because they can't really build around him or, you know, put most of their focus on him just because they have all these other young players that they want to develop. So I think it's been a tough situation for him, but I just think from what I've seen of him so far, it has not looked good. I mean, sure, he's averaging 12.3 points a game, but his shooting is awful. I mean, it's really bad. 34% from the field and 25% from three. And before some people come after me for, you know, we always excuse Kate Cunningham shooting, but Jalen sucks has never been a good shooter. That was part of the reason why he fell to number five. Kate Cunningham shot 40% from three in college and so on. And, you know, even despite how bad Kate has been as a shooter, sucks has managed to be even worse, which tells you something, Um, you know, so I think it's it's a rough, it's been a rough go for Jalen Suggs. We'll see if he can manage to turn it around. Um, and the other thing, by the way, that I'll mention briefly too, is he's averaging Jalen Suggs like three and a half turnovers a game, or 3.2, and his assists are like 3.5. So his assist turnover ratio is literally like one and one, which is not good. So hopefully he'll turn that around. Um, but I think so far from what i've seen i would pick him to be um the bust of this draft
1: all right switching the topic from rookies we can actually start talking about contenders in the league right now um we're still early in the season but the standings are starting to take shape you have teams on crazy win streaks like the phoenix suns winning 18 in a row you have teams like the golden state warriors who are now the golden state warriors who are now 18 and three. Also on a win streak. They also play the Suns. But overall, you know, when when we have these teams high up in the rankings, there's always going to be pretenders. And you also you have to ask yourself, what contender is in trouble right now? So, what do you guys think? Which contenders do you think they're up there, but they may be in trouble uh, as the season goes on?
2: I think for one, uh, the Boston Celtics. Um, they're 12 and 10 right now. And I mean, no one has really looked at them as a contender this year, but like two or three years ago, there like people when they had a bunch of draft picks and they had Tatum and Brown, people were like, oh, yeah, okay, this team's on the rise. And then like the stuff with Kyrie happened and like they kind of just wasted a few draft picks here and there and took a bunch of flyers on dudes that didn't really turn out to be that good. So I think I think they're in trouble just as a as a whole right now. I know Brad Stevens moving to GM is a move a lot of people liked and you know a good evaluator of talent um but I think the Celtics not only are in trouble this year but like just in trouble for the long run and they kind of might be just stuck in the middle of nowhere. So I don't know that. That's what I think about them, and I I don't know. They they they're not gonna reach like Pistons level middle of nowhere because I do think like eventually Tatum and Brown is just like a nut up or shut up. Like they're gonna they're gonna either figure it out or it's just they're gonna leave. Um. So yeah.
0: Um. I'll go with the Lake Show, or actually the the retirement Lakers. What they should be called, um, because so far they're twelve and eleven, which isn't like bad, but when you consider like what a contender should be in, like you know, getting one of the top two, three seeds, they're not anywhere near that, and I think they haven't been near meeting anyone's expectations either, because of course they bring in Westbrook, they bring in you know Carmelo Anthony and all these old guys, and the fit just hasn't been there. Like, I, and I, I'm not sure it ever will be, frankly, because I'm not sure that Westbrook is a championship-type player. And I just really don't think that he will mesh well at all with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, of course, LeBron hasn't even played with Westbrook a lot so far this year because he's been hurt for quite some time. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I don't think that they'll be able to really play that well together um, because Westbrook's really – not a shooter. And that's, you know, those are the type of players that go well with LeBron and Westbrook's not that guy. And then on top of that, with their bench, I mean, Carmelo's solid, but again, I'm not sure if he really plays like winning basketball. Um, of course they have the former piston, Sekou Dumboya, the, the future goat. No, just kidding. But uh <laughs> he's averaging like eight minutes a game, seven points surprisingly in the two games that he's played, of course. So, But no, I mean, listen, I think the Lakers, they haven't been meeting the expectations so far. I don't see them meshing that well together. And then the last thing I'll add with them too is I'm not sure that they can even stay fully healthy because Anthony Davis hasn't played um, like 70 games in an NBA season, like the last five years, same thing with LeBron. Um, And, you know, Westbrook, to be fair, stays relatively durable too, but I'm not sure all those guys can stay healthy enough for the playoffs so, you know, I think they're kind of in a tough spot right now, and we'll see if they turn it around. Um, but, yeah, this leads on, – so on the flip side, though, um, the next and final question that we wanted to go over was, which team not in the playoffs right now is your pick to make it into the playoffs? Like, which team not in the playoffs is the likeliest to make it?
1: I think looking around the league – if you look at the Western Conference actually, like the teams that are not in the playoffs, you would, you could probably say they're probably going to stay like that. I think the Kings, Spurs, Thunder, Pelicans and Rockets are all teams that I don't see making a run at the playoffs. So you the closest you'd have is the Kings, but they are there are the Kings no matter <laughs> no matter how good um, you know, De'Aaron Foxes, and they did fire Luke Walton, so they are moving in the right direction, it's just kind of hard to trust them, but moving to the East, you have some teams um, like the Knicks, I think the Knicks have a, they have a decent shot, or I mean, they're a 10 seed, so then you're looking at like the Raptors, the Raptors have a, the Raptors, they, I mean, they're 10 and 13, They've, they're kind of, uh, they're in a kind of weird state of like rebuilding, but at the same time, they're also trying to compete, so I would say maybe them, I did want to say this is kind of, this is kind of a little bit like doesn't answer the question but a team that's a little bit lower in the standings and I think is going to move up are the Atlanta Hawks they got off to a really rough start in the season they were four and nine I, I'm not even really sure like what caused such the the slow start like Trey Young was still being Trey Young but it seems like the Hawks have really started to put together some wins I mean they're eight and two in their last 10 games and they're finally starting to, you know, get back to the Hawks that we knew last year. So I expect the Hawks, uh, they're seven right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they like swap places with a team like the Wizards, who sitting at 14 and nine, they just lost actually today. And um, it seems more and more likely the Wizards Wizards are falling out of the ranking. I think the Hawks are a team that are, that could definitely move
2: up. Yeah, Um. I don't think this doesn't answer the question also. But I do think that Pelicans are not like a six and eighteen uh, team that they are. I think they'll they'll progress, and they probably won't even get to five hundred this year just because they're so far back right now. But I do think that they'll improve a lot, and they won't be like third to last. They might be uh, closer to to um the playing game. But I'll I'll say the Nuggets. I know the Nuggets are a ten seed, so technically they're in the play-in. But I do think they will be like top five, probably in the West. Um, I know Michael Porter Jr. is out. Um, but and like Jamal Murray's out too. But I I do think that Jokic is still Jokic, and like yeah. Um, but I I do want to touch a little bit on the Atlanta Hawks because I have in the past not on the pod but like years ago like when Trey Young was a rookie I was a massive Trey Young hater but uh I I do like him a lot more now and I'm actually very high on the Hawks and think they're probably like a top five team in the NBA they they just have a really like solid all-around roster Hold hold on
0: you said top five yeah, bro.
2: They're top. They, their, their roster all around is is pretty solid. I think Trey Young is definitely a star. I mean, I don't know. I I would put Brooklyn ahead of them, Milwaukee for sure, Phoenix, and Golden State. But I don't know. I mean, like I guess you could. You would. I would say. I mean, yeah, Jazz. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I still don't believe in the the Bulls like can we can we talk about that because we have all been Bulls haters and they just continue to fucking win and it's actually annoying me at this point
1: No, nah, they've been they've been solid like to be honest though like they I think they're they've like overperformed expectations and it's like it's kind of cool to see like you know Lonzo like get into his groove and DeMar DeRozan just being an absolute baller going off for like 39 points a case, like on on many occasions but I think the reason why the Bulls are successful, the the key lies in that that player, that ball player, Alex Caruso. He just, I think,
0: like Caruso, the, baby, the Caruso, Caruso. You know, when he
1: went to the Lakers and won won the ship, like he brought that winning mentality. You know, that's the Lakers kind of replaced their winning players with like kind of I not only say losing players, but like Caruso was a big part of that. He plays winning basketball, and I think he's kind of brought the Bulls together. Now, I do want to actually give some caution. They look great in the regular season, but like the players, you're looking at DeMar De, Demar DeRozan in the playoffs is like, it's not obviously, it's obviously it's not his fault completely. And LeBron is LeBron, you know, I can't fault just one player, but it's hard to like ignore that history. And then you combine that with the fact Nikola Vucevic also hasn't done anything in the playoffs as the eighth seed. Zach Levine hasn't been to the, I don't think, I don't know if he's been to the playoffs or played significant minutes in the playoffs to make an impact. I'm not sure, actually, about Zach Levine. That's actually something you guys think. Yeah, I don't think Levine's Levine. ever been in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah. then Levine's never been in the playoffs. Lonzo's never been in the playoffs. So you get kind of concerned on, like, you know, where did they kind of go from there? But, I mean, they, they have been, been in
2: the playoffs once.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool.
0: Wait, are you sure Lonzo was? I thought – because he got traded when they got – so they got AD oh, back Oh, yeah, that's right. Then, that's right. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't no,
1: think – because Lear LeBron was there. Right. Lonzo hasn't so – yeah, so it's, it's like a young team in terms of, I mean, they're, like, old, but they don't have much, like, playoff experience. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they – I don't think they make it past, like – they get conference finals would be, like, a reach for them. I'd say conference semifinals, which I guess is, I mean – I guess that's solid. That's not. I don't. I think that's their peak, though. It, it's just kind of hard to compete with Kevin Durant, and yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm with the yeah. Bulls.
2: I mean, if they play Milwaukee or yeah, Brooklyn, which they're going to have to. Um, yeah, there's. I I don't see them beating them. I get Giannis has like, kind of been a one man show lately, but still, like I, they just signed Boogie Cousins, which. I, I I think so. one of you guys sent in, like, our group chat. You were like, I swear this man plays for, like, a new team every year. Or, I don't know. I saw it on Twitter or something. And then, <laughs> it's and, fax, then uh, they just signed – I'm pretty sure they just signed Wesley Matthews,
0: like, today. So, I don't know. That's just weird. Yeah, my thing with the Bulls, I, I don't know. I'm not really buying into it at all yet because – and I think, like, We've kind of, we've said that, you know, they'll probably make the playoffs. Um, I was saying that they can get past the first round, but like, that's it. So far, they haven't really proved anything to me yet to that. I, you know, that that prediction is really wrong. Cause like you guys were saying, let's say, let's say they reach the conference semis. Um, are they beating Brooklyn? For sure. Not Are they beating the bucks. Definitely not you know, and maybe from there, I guess if they get lucky with their matchups, like if they're playing like the heat, maybe they do, but I don't know. I just, I'm not like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but I'm not really like sold on them yet Um, that they're much better than we really expected. So we'll see. And by the way we were saying this about the wizards after their hot start and they're already falling apart too. So I don't know. We'll see, but to answer the, the initial question, though, by the way, for me, um, I'll go with the Philadelphia 76ers. I know at the time of this recording, they just um, beat the Hawks. So they're now in the nine spot. But I, in my opinion, that's not the playoffs still. So I, yeah, I'll go with the Sixers just because they've been without Embiid for literally half of their season so far. Um, and obviously Embiid's by far their best player. And then Tyrese Maxey has looked very good. He's he's taking that next step that they really need him to. Um, you know, averaging like almost eighteen points a game. Like he looks very very good. Um, and then you never know with Ben Simmons if he somehow ends up playing for them this year. I think, although you know, all jokes aside, I I do think he makes the team better. So I think the Sixers for me are the clear pick to end up making the playoffs
1: yeah that Sixers is a pretty solid it's a pretty solid pick I also did want to add this one final thing before we have for the previous question where we were talking about uh which contenders are really in trouble I also want to mention the Portland Trailblazers I think they're not a contender by any means but that franchise is on the brink of like an absolute explosion like Damian Lillard is already struggling with an injury the team is like it's like CJ McCollum and free sign like it's like you know it's like where's the direction you know where are they going I mean they're not going to go anywhere and I don't I wonder now since they fired their GM if they're now a little bit more open to trading game and now potentially embracing you know the value they could get for him I think I think teams just get a little bit too attached to their players and I think I think they need to kind of understand like the long-term game this is why I appreciated what the Pistons did so much because not a lot of teams can just say and the magic, the magic did this too. You know, they saw that their their peak was an eight seed, and they just said, that's not what we're building for. You're building to win a championship, especially if you're a small market team. And I know a player like Dame doesn't come around often and you could try to build around him, but like I don't know how many times are they gonna build around Damian Lillard, you know? So that's definitely something for me that um that I just wanted to bring up because the the contenders and stuff like I don't know I think the Blazers like after the season I wouldn't be surprised they trade both McCollum and Dame
0: but yeah so thank you guys so much for listening again we really appreciate all the support um do you guys have any last thoughts Ben I can aid I mean yeah if you keep
1: listening to us try to listen through the whole podcast you know don't don't just do like a five minute you know free trial like my boy Quinn Ewers at OSU who who now we dominated the program and the program is in shambles at least in 2021 so yeah just keep keep listening to the podcast um we also appreciate any feedback that you guys may have that also be uh much appreciated but that's all my head. I don't know Aiden you got something to say
0: nah you wrapped it up <laughs> I got nothing all right what's you a poverty program <laughs> No, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. Okay, okay. I'm playing, I'm playing. okay, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. But, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. And see ya. Peace.